0: chapter 14 of outwitting the hun my escape from a german prison camp by pat o'brien this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 14 a night of dissipation during the first two days i spent with heiliger after i had first arrived in the big city he had told me among other things of a moving picture show in town which he said i might have a chance to see while there it is free every night in the week except saturday and sundays he said and once you are inside you would not be apt to be bothered by anyone except when they come to take your order for something to drink while there is no admission patrons are expected to eat or drink while enjoying the pictures a day or two later while walking the streets at night in search of food I had passed this place and was very much tempted to go in and spend a few hours, particularly as it would perhaps give me an opportunity to buy something to eat, although I was at a loss to know how I was going to ask for what I wanted. While trying to make up my mind whether it was safe for me to go in, I walked half a block past the place, and when I turned back again and reached the entrance with my mind made up that I would take the chance, I ran full tilt into a German officer who was just coming out. That settled all my hankerings for moving pictures that night. Where you came from, my friend, I figured, there must be more like you. I guess it is a good night for walking. The next day, however, in recalling the incident of the evening before, it seemed to me that I had been rather foolish. What I needed more than anything at that time was confidence before i could get to the frontier i would have to confront german soldiers many times because there were more of them between this city and holland than in any section of the country through which i had so far traveled safety in these contingencies would depend largely upon the calmness i displayed it wouldn't do to get all excited at the mere sight of a spiked helmet The Belgians, I had noticed, while careful to obey the orders of the Huns, showed no particular fear of them, and it seemed to me the sooner I cultivated the same feeling of indifference, the better I would be able to carry off the part I was playing. For this reason I made up my mind, then and there, that officers or no officers, I would go to that show that night and sit it through, no matter what happened while people may think that i had decided unwisely because of the unnecessary risk involved in the adventure it occurred to me that perhaps after all that theatre was about one of the safest places i could attend because that was about the last place germans would expect to find a fugitive english officer in even if they were searching for one as soon as evening came therefore i decided to go to the theatre I fixed myself up as well as possible, I had on a fairly decent pair of trousers, which Heiliger had given me, and I used a clean handkerchief as a collar. With my hair brushed up and my beard trimmed as neatly as possible with a pair of rusty scissors which I had found in the house, while my appearance was not exactly that of a Beau Brummel, I don't think I looked much worse than the average Belgian in these days the average belgian is very poorly dressed at best i can't say i had no misgivings as i made my way to the theatre certainly i was going there more for discipline than pleasure but i had made up my mind and i was going to see it through the entrance to the theatre or beer garden for it was as much one as the other was on the side of the building and was reached by way of an alley which ran along the side Near the door was a ticket-seller's booth, but, as this was one of the free nights, there was no one in the booth. I marched slowly down the alley, imitating as best I could the indifferent gait of the Belgians, and when I entered the theatre I endeavored to act as though I had been there many times before. A hasty survey of the layout of the place was sufficient to enable me to select my seat, It was early and there were not more than half a dozen people in the place at that time so that i had my choice there was a raised platform perhaps two feet high all around the walls of the place except at the end where the stage was located on this platform tables were arranged and there were tables on the floor proper as well i decided promptly that the safest place for me was as far back as possible where I would not be in the line of vision of others in back of me. Accordingly, I slouched over to a table on the platform directly opposite the stage, and I took the seat against the wall. The whole place was now in front of me. I could see everything that was going on and everyone who came in, but no one, except those who sat at my own table, would notice me unless they deliberately turned around to look. The place began to fill up rapidly. Every second person who came in the door seemed to me to be a German soldier, but when they were seated at the tables, and I got a chance later on to make a rough count, I found that in all there were not more than a hundred soldiers in the place, and there must have been several hundred civilians. The first people to sit at my table were a Belgian and his wife. The Belgian sat next to me and his wife next to him. I was hoping that other civilians would occupy the remaining two seats at my table, because I did not relish the idea of having to sit through the show with German soldiers within a few feet of me. That would certainly have spoiled my pleasure for the evening. Every uniform that came in the door gave me cause to worry, until I was sure it was not coming in my direction. I don't suppose there was a single soldier who came in the door whom I didn't follow to his seat. With my eyes. Just before they lowered the lights, two German officers came in the door. They stood there for a moment looking the place over. Then they made a bee line in my direction, and I must confess my heart started to beat a little faster. I hoped that they would find another seat before they came to my vicinity, but they were getting nearer and nearer and I realized with a sickening sensation that they were headed directly for the two seats at my table, and that was indeed the case. These two seats were in front of the table, facing the stage, and except when they would be eating or drinking, their backs were toward me, and there was considerable consolation in that. From my seat I could have reached right over and touched one of them on his bald head. It would have been more than a touch, I am afraid, if I could have got away with it safely." As the officers seated themselves, a waiter came to us with a printed bill of fare and a program. Fortunately he waited on the others first, and I listened intently to their orders. The officers ordered some light wine, but my Belgian neighbor ordered bock for himself and his wife, which was what I had decided to order anyway as that was the only thing I could say. Heaven knows, I would far rather have ordered something to eat, but the bill of fare meant nothing to me, and I was afraid to take a chance at the pronunciation of the dishes it set forth. There were a number of drinks listed which I suppose I might safely enough have ordered. For instance, I noticed lemon squash, one fifty; ginger beer, $1, sparkling dry ginger ale, $1, Apollinaris, 1, and Schweppes soda, 80. But it occurred to me that the mere fact that I selected something that was listed in English might attract attention to me, and something in my pronunciation might give further cause for suspicion. It seemed better to parrot the Belgian and order Bach, and that was what I decided to do. One item on the bill of fare tantalized me considerably although it was listed among the prison der donken which i took to mean prices of drinks it sounded very much to me like something to eat and heaven knows i would rather have had one honest mouthful of food than all the drinks in the world the item i refer to was double gersten de flesch, michel, a double portion of anything would have been mighty welcome to me but I would have been quite contented with a single Gersten, whatever that might happen to be, if I had only had the courage to ask for it. To keep myself as composed as possible, I devoted a lot of attention to that bill of fare, and I think by the time the waiter came around I almost knew it by heart. One drink that almost made me laugh out loud was listed as limonades Gazias, but I might just as well have introduced myself to the German officers by my right name and rank as to have attempted to pronounce it. When the waiter came to me, therefore, I said Bach, as casually as I could, and felt somewhat relieved that I got through this part of the ordeal so easily. While the waiter was away, I had a chance to examine the bill of fare, and observed that a glass of beer cost eighty centimes the smallest change i had was a two-mark paper bill apparently the german officers were similarly fixed and when they offered their bill to the waiter he handed it back to them with a remark which i took to mean he couldn't make change right there i was in a quandary to offer him my bill after he had just told the officers he didn't have change would have seemed strange and yet i couldn't explain to him that I was in the same boat, and he would have to come to me again later. The only thing to do, therefore, was to offer him the bill as though I hadn't heard or noticed what had happened with the Germans, and I did so. He said the same thing to me, as he had said to the officers, perhaps a little more sharply, and gave me back the bill. Later on he returned to the table with a handful of change, and we closed the transaction. I gave him 25 centimes as a tip. I had never yet been in a place where it was necessary to talk to do that. During my first half-hour in the theater, to say I was on pins and needles is to express my feelings mildly. The truth of the matter is I was never so uneasy in my life. Every minute seemed like an hour, and I was on the point of getting up and leaving a dozen times. There were altogether too many soldiers in the place to suit me, and when the German officers seated themselves right at my table I thought that was about all I could stand. As it was, however, the lights went out shortly afterward, and in the dark I felt considerably easier. After the first picture, when the lights went up again, I had regained my composure considerably and I took advantage of the opportunity to study the various types of people in the place. From my seat I had a splendid chance to see them all. At one table there was a German Medical Corps officer with three Red Cross nurses. That was the only time I had ever seen a German nurse, for when I was in the hospital I had seen only men orderlies. Nurses don't work so near the first-line trenches the german soldiers at the different tables were very quiet and orderly they drank bock beer and conversed among themselves but there was no hilarity or rough-housing of any kind as i sat there within an arm's reach of those german officers and realized what they would have given to know what a chance they had to capture an escaped british officer i could hardly help smiling to myself But when i thought of the big risk i was taking more or less unnecessarily i began to wonder whether i had not acted foolishly in undertaking it nevertheless the evening passed off uneventfully and when the show was over i mixed with the crowd and disappeared feeling very proud of myself and with a good deal more confidence than i had enjoyed at the start i had passed a night which will live in my life as long as i live the bill of fare, program, and a throwaway bill advertising the name of the attraction which was to be presented the following week, which was handed to me as I came out, and they are among the most valued souvenirs of my adventure. End of chapter fourteen.